I'm back from the CCP Wuhan virus. Thanks, Ivermectin. The U.S. is broke, but we always can find another $40 billion for Ukraine. And Cuban cigar prices going up, up, and away. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Davidoff of Geneva and their AVO portfolio of cigars, including the AVO Heritage, crafted through centuries of traditions. AVO Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden AVO Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com and by Gurkha the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant. The five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver, offered in both Corojo and Maduro presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. This is the Cigar Dave Show with the General. I am back. Somewhere along the way, I contracted the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. We don't call it COVID. It's not COVID. That's a bullshit fabricated name. Politically correct, so as not to offend the Chinese Communist Party bastards. I want to offend Xi Jinping. I want to offend the Chinese Communist Party bastards. So I have a ton to say about that. But as always, I extend to you my... Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the alpha, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, screw the Biden regime. It is your global five-star general, and not your alpha male-in-chief, it is your mega, ultra alpha male-in-chief front and center. Biden's going to call ultra MAGA, mega MAGA, king MAGA, well I am king alpha. Ultra Alpha. I think there was a cartoon character, if I'm not uh, mistaken, called Ultraman, a Japanese cartoon, Ultraman, when I was growing up. So now I am Ultra Alpha Man, the king of all alphas. I will gladly take that title. Well, about two and a half weeks ago, I get a dry throat. Feeling fine, I start to get a dry throat. A little bit tough to swallow, but no soreness. Didn't have a cough, wasn't achy or anything, and figured, okay, well, maybe I'm just picking up a mild upper respiratory infection or maybe allergies. This time of year in Florida, we get uh, the pollen count starts to go up. The weather can change a little bit, going from hot to hotter and humid. So the trees kind of go crazy. The pollen, didn't really think much of it. Tested, figured, let me just be on the safe side. So I tested negative for the CCP Wuhan virus. And then a couple of days later, I start to get, the sore throat stays dry. Then it starts to get a little bit sore. Then I start to get some congestion. In fact, you can still hear some of the congestion that I have. I don't feel congested. I just sound congested. And so I end up getting a little bit of congestion. Then I start to get a cough. And then I said, let me go test again. Had the home test. Plenty available. By the way, your insurance carrier usually, I know the government sends you, I think, two two tests. But I went to pick up the Binax test at one of the pharmacies. And I went to pick one up. And and there's two tests in every box. And the guy says, let me take a look at your insurance uh, because they'll pay for up to eight tests. Okay. He said, yep, go get three more boxes. So I did, so I've got them. Take the test, sure enough, 
I am Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus positive. So that was like two weeks ago. And I had the cough, and I was achy, a little bit tired, did not have a temperature. However, I did notice that after about a day, day and a half, that my oxygenation level, which is normally around 98%, went down to 95%. So without delay, I immediately called my physician, and he said, we're not going to screw around. Ivermectin, that's going to whack. That's a protease inhibitor, antiviral. We're going to whack the virus. Azithromycin or a Z-Pack, that's going to be a... Uh, essentially an antibacterial to be a flak jacket around your lungs, and then methylprednisone, an anti-inflammatory. That will reduce the inflammation in your sinuses, in your chest. We have found that it is a very effective treatment. In addition, he had me, I take zinc every day. He had me up that. I take vitamin C, vitamin D3. He had me up the vitamin D3 dramatically and also add vitamin B12. Within a day of taking the ivermectin, the oxygenation rate in my lungs went from 95 back to 97, back to 98. Congestion still kind of lingered a little bit, but the sore throat started to get better. Everything started to improve. Now we have heard people say, well, with Omicron, you don't have to do anything. We have heard phony Fauci say, well, there's no reason ivermectin, there's no proof that it works. We think, just wait until you're about to die in the hospital, and then we'll give you a $3,000 treatment of remdesivir. Remdesivir, which now, which by the way is an Ebola drug, $3,200 a crack for the treatment, that the FDA shockingly just approved on infants, babies as young as 28 days old and as small as seven pounds. They did this the end of April, April 25th, to be specific. What doctors have found is that remdesivir, which is approved as a Wuhan virus treatment, why is beyond me, oh, I know why, follow the money. Show me the money, follow the money. The remdesivir treatments have been found to be extremely toxic, extremely dangerous, and yes, extremely lethal. What they have found is that it causes severe side effects, multiple organ dysfunction syndrome, which is called MODS, kidney failure, requirement of, to get dialysis and septic shock. Oh, but aside from that, remdesivir is great. Follow the money. Fauci has known remdesivir is extremely dangerous. It doesn't work. They know it. Doctors know it. Hospitals love to keep pumping it. The medical industrial complex. Why? Because they get a bonus. Remember, every time a, a, a Wuhan virus patient is admitted into the hospital, hospitals get a 20% kicker. You go on a ventilator, cha-ching, another kicker. Remdesivir, cha-ching, another kicker. The medical community in this country is not treating the Wuhan virus properly. I wasn't going to fuck around. I knew that I was, and I've been talking about this for a year and a half. If I contract it, I was going to make sure ivermectin, azithromycin, 
methylprednisone, in addition to the zinc and the vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin D3, all started to work. Cough goes away, and thankfully I had uh, ample amounts of a narcotic cough medicine because the cough medicine you get over the counter at night does shit. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Robitussin, please. You may as well drink rat poison. It does nothing for a cough. But I had ample amounts still left over from, from a number of years ago. Didn't need much. Only needed uh, maybe three tablespoons over the course of two days. Primarily just at night. But it's got hydro, uh, hydrocodone. Or was it? Um, yeah, hydrocodone. And that makes a huge difference. That suppresses the cough reflex in the brain. They don't know how it works, but it works. Hydrocodone. When people say, oh, you could get addicted, I took three tablespoons. It got rid of the cough over two nights. I was able to sleep. If I didn't have it, it would have been horrible. And many physicians don't want to prescribe it. I mean, you're seeing the, the medical community now just terrified when necessary to prescribe hydrocodone, oxycodone, when it is medically necessary. After surgery, in many cases, physicians, especially the younger ones that have no balls, and you see them. They're the ones that are coming out of medical school that are basically are clueless. They're an embarrassment to the medical profession. Well, they're coming and say, well, okay, it's, you just had major abdominal surgery. How about we give you Tylenol or aspirin? Yeah, I don't think so. It is amazing because they think everybody's going to get addicted. In medically necessary situations, it is indicated. I did not get addicted to hydrocodone. I used three tablespoons, a whopping three tablespoons, over two nights. Two, actually, two nights and uh, half a day. It worked great. And so I start to, the cough goes away, it dissipates. My oxygenation level goes up. Still a little lingering, tired. And so it's been now just about two weeks. And a few days ago, talked to my physician. I said, look, I'm still congested. And it, it's, you know, I'm still a little bit tired. He said, all right, we're going to do another round of the methylprednisone, but only a minor round. You're going to take one a day for five days, and we're going to do another round of ivermectin. But this time what we're going to do is you're going to take it, and then you're going to take it 48 hours later, and then I'm going to have you take it for three weeks in a row. So, for example, today I've got in my hand the blister pack of the ivermectin, and it's based on weight. You can hear that. Ivermectin, it's gold. It's based on weight. So, for example, if, if a woman weighs 100 pounds, she may take, I don't know, three tablets, something like that. If you weigh 200 pounds, you may take, I don't know, six tablets. It's all based on weight. It's very different than normal other medications. Like a Z-Pack, it's one dose no matter what your weight. But when it comes to ivermectin, it's all based on weight. Even in those African countries that uh, take it prophylactically for river blindness, it's based on weight. So I will then take these ivermectin tablets. In fact, I will do it during this edition of the Cigar Dave Show. I've got them in the blister pack. I hate these blister packs, by the way. You gotta peel open this this like protective paper, then you gotta stub each one of these blister packs. It's kind of a pain in the ass, but it works. So I'll take it today, and then for the three successive Saturdays, 
I will take the same dosage. And my physician said, what we found is with the Omicron variant, it tends to linger. So what we want to do is we want to whack it, and then we want to take it once a week to make sure that the antiviral and protease inhibitor effects of the ivermectin whack everything. I feel terrible for the one million Americans who lost their lives because the medical industrial complex refused to acknowledge that there were inexpensive, easily available, readily available therapeutic treatments that could have prevented who knows how many of those million deaths. 900,000, 800,000, who knows? Maybe it was almost 90%, we don't know. But I can assure you that had almost every American been prescribed at the first sign of Wuhan virus symptoms, ivermectin, zinc, azithromycin, methylprednisone, heavy intake of vitamin D3. We found, researchers have found, and I've talked about it here on the show, vitamin D3 deficiency, a huge indicator of whether somebody ends up in the ICU. We have the therapeutics. We have the technology as the $6 million man. We can rebuild him. We can make him better. We have it. There is a tremendous number of physicians. And if you are, if you, I would say this. I'm not a medical professional. I'm not giving you medical advice. However, what I would tell you is do research. Research things yourself. You see, Fauci and the medical industrial complex and the Democrats wants you to be dumb, uninformed. They want you to be blind lemmings. Follow whatever they say. Yet, I assure you, all those VIPs in Washington that have contracted the Wuhan virus, you can damn be better. You can be sure they've gotten ivermectin and they've gotten the Z-Pak and the monoclonal antibodies. Now, they say now that the monoclonal antibodies don't work on Omicron, didn't need them, but do your own research. There is a group of physicians. It is called the FLCCC Alliance. If you go to the website COVID19CriticalCare.com, COVID19CriticalCare.com, that's COVID19CriticalCare.com, these are a group of physicians who have created a treatment protocol at various stages. It is rife with information talking about the safety of ivermectin, uh, 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 talking about how the various medical journals are publishing bullshit studies, misleading studies about ivermectin. There was just one that was released. Wall Street Journal reported on it. But one little thing, one little, uh, it was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. One little problem. They didn't provide the proper dosage to those patients who were in the study didn't provide the right dosage. So there's all these little tricks that are being played. But go onto this site and you will see there are listings for physicians. I referred several friends out of town that contracted the Wuhan virus. Same thing, they got the cough, they got the congestion, they got uh, the sore throat. I said, don't screw around. I gave them the link on the FLCC Alliance and I'm trying to remember what the FLCC stands for. Oh, I think it's Frontline 
Critical COVID Critical Care Alliance. I think that's what it is. Tons of teledocs and doctors in various states and cities that follow the FLCCC protocol. Do yourself a favor. Become educated. That's exactly what Fauci, the Libs, the Dems, the medical industrial complex don't want you to do. And it's amazing to me how many physicians are not up to speed on treatments. I had a friend of mine who's a physician call me and he said, okay, you did what? And he said, yeah, well, I don't treat it that way. I said, great, how do you treat it? And he told me and he said, well, we don't really do anything, but then we do this, we do that. I said, how many patients have you had gone to the hospital? He said, oh, I've had a good number. I said, maybe you ought to do some research. Maybe you should stop being a dumb blind lemming and listening to the medical industrial complex who are all blind lemmings who basically don't take the time to do research. Half of the world is stupid. That includes physicians. That includes the medical community. That includes politicians. Why are they stupid? Either one, they are knowingly stupid, or two, they just remain naive and refuse to do the research. I've always learned from the time I was in grade school, what's the old adage? Do the work, show the work. Do the work, do your own research. I've always believed if somebody tells me something, I'm like, well, you know what, I'm gonna take a look at it. I'm gonna research that myself. They may be 100% correct, but I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna do my own research. And today, with the internet, there is no, before you used to have to go to the library, you'd have to pull things and you know, look at magazine articles and newspapers. Today, it's totally different. The ability for people to get up-to-date research is unparalleled. Do the research. COVID19criticalcare.com. And if your physician says, well, I don't treat it that way, find another physician because they are committing malpractice. I don't believe that many physicians are, are purposely committing malpractice. They're just refusing. They're being lazy. They're too busy. They're refusing to look at the available research that is available. So I've now taken, my physician said, great, take the, we're going to give you another round of the ivermectin. That should whack it. So what I'm going to do right now is I have the blister packs right in front of me. So I'm going to open them up. Here we go. You can probably hear me opening these up. There's two. There's three. There's four. Well, not four just yet. Got to get this damn blister pack. There we go. Okay. There is four. Okay. Let's see. Do I have them all out of the blister packs here? Nope. Just got one more. So I got a total of six. There we go. All right. So these are very small pills. These are very small pills. In fact, maybe I'll just take a picture. I will take a picture. We'll send that. I will put that send that to Sergeant Steve and we'll post that. We will actually show. We will actually show, here we go. Well, it helps if I can get a decent picture of it. There we go. Actually, let me do it on the paper. I'll get a better picture. So this way you can actually see that I'm not bullshitting you. Here we go. All right, so I've got the six ivermectins. Let me get them all in my hand, and we're going to put them 
down the hatch. Here we go. All right. And one, two, three. Mm. Down the hatch. Mm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now, first time I took ivermectin, contrary to what phony Fauci and all the other medical industrial complex lying bastards will tell you, didn't have any side effects. This drug has been in use for 40 years. I think there's been over 5 billion doses that have been consumed, probably more than that by now. Highly safe, highly effective. Oh, and what they're finding is that wonderful drug now that uh, Pfizer is pushing uh, for the treatment of the Wuhan virus, and the name escapes me. It's not remdesivir. It's uh, something or other. But it's basically an AIDS medication and something else. So you take two pills, $755 for the treatment. The U.S. government bought 5 or $10 billion worth. They're finding that it doesn't work and that it recurs. People get cured, and then boom, a week later, they get it again. 755 bucks. You're talking for ivermectin, azithromycin, and uh, methylprednisone. If you don't have insurance, maybe 150 bucks. If you do, it's probably ivermectin. Insurance companies limit the number of pills per usually a three-month period. So I think it cost me 120 bucks for the uh, total dosages that I needed. Moral of the story. Do your research. I was not reactive. I was proactive. I didn't sit back and say, well, let me see what happens to me. Let me wait until my oxygenation level gets down to 90%. 95, boom, proactive. Now, have I had the flu worse? Absolutely. I contracted the flu coming back from Minneapolis, Minnesota. This was 19, about 1995, 96. I remember it well. The whole airplane was sneezing and coughing. Sure enough, like three days later, I got nailed. I was out for the count for 10 days. Home, in bed, 10 days. Was this worse? No. Do I have some lingering effects? I'm still a little congested. That's going away. Yes. But my energy level is up. My oxygenation level is up. I can still breathe, no problem. I just still sound congested. But it is going away. Now that I took this uh, additional round of ivermectin on the air, so all our alphas, our ultra mega alphas could hear and, and, and witness, should knock it out. And then for the next three Saturdays, I will take my additional ivermectins to make sure it is totally whacked and done. But I will say this. When I did get it, first of all, you're like, oh, I can't believe I got it. Two years I escaped it and I got it. Okay, you get it. But my anger towards the Chinese Communist Party was exacerbated because I would not have had the Wuhan virus if it were not for the lying bastard, son of a bitch, enemies of the world, Chinese Communist Party pricks, Xi Jinping and all the other Chinese commie bastards. And I'll tell you, I'm getting a little pissed off at the Chinese too because you got a 1.3 or 1.4 billion Chinese people and they can't uprise and revolt against the Communist Party. You got a million Communist Party members. You can't get a billion people to go in and, and destroy these people? Think about that. How do one million people, and really when you think about it, there's a couple of thousand at the top of the Chinese Communist Party. And then, of course, you got the police and the armed, the, the, the uh, 
People's Liberation Army that are all brainwashed. But how is it that a country of 1.4 billion cannot rise up and overthrow that government? Kill Xi Jinping. Assassinate him. I'm all for assassinations. Xi Jinping, Putin, Hitler, Maduro. These guys are bastards. They are enemies of the people, enemies of the world. Take them out. I'm all for assassination of evil dictators. I have no problem with it. I've had people say, I can't believe you just said that. I said, I have no problem with it. If we had the opportunity to assassinate Hitler, knowing what we do today, had we known then what we know today, of course we would have assassinated him. Should Putin be assassinated? You better believe it. Should Xi Jinping? Absolutely. And now we also see that, and I get even more pissed off, because I see 1.4 billion Chinese people that can't do shit, that are voluntarily being locked up. They're not in any way, shape, or form trying to break out of the mandatory lockdowns. Now, it would appear to me, you got a city of, I don't know, whatever, uh, uh, Beijing, whatever it is, Shanghai, however many millions and millions of people. You can't overrule the police. You can't say, screw this, let's lead. We need a revolution. Get rid of these bastards. It is amazing to me that they cannot do that. Xi Jinping, rumors are, he supposedly had some sort of brain aneurysm. And he may not run for re-election. Who knows? Also, I just saw a rumor today, a, uh, a, a Russian oligarch quietly admitted, who apparently is familiar, knows Putin so on, that he's got blood cancers, got leukemia. Good. It's about time we get rid of these bastards. These are enemies of the world. These aren't kind people. Get rid of them. And so the more I thought about it, I'm like, I wouldn't have the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Millions of Americans and millions around the world wouldn't have it if it weren't for the known bioweapon that was released from the Wuhan lab. And isn't it amazing that brainless Biden doesn't say a word about it? As if it doesn't exist. But now we found out that the NIH director, the acting NIH director, Lawrence Tabak, confirmed this Wednesday to the House Appropriations Subcommittee that the NIH purposely eliminated from public view the genomic sequences of the Wuhan virus at the request of Chinese scientists, but insisted the data is still available. Since when do we take orders or requests from the Chinese Communist Party lab pricks? Tell me this. The weakness that is now the United States of America under the Biden-Obama regime, under phony Fauci, is beyond incredible. Vanity Fair reported the end of March that an evolutionary biologist named Jesse Bloom discovered that the COVID-19, the Wuhan sequences, disappeared from a federally run data depository. When Bloom raised the issue, he was ganged up upon by researchers assembled by then-NIH director Francis Collins and Anthony Phony Fauci. 
Since when do we take orders from the Chinese communists? Biden doesn't mention a lick about what's going on. And by the way, Mr. Oh, I'm going to take care of the virus. If you really wanted to eliminate the virus, put the entire country on a prophylactic dose of ivermectin. Give every American family a Wuhan virus kit containing a pulse oximeter, containing a thermometer, containing ivermectin, azithromycin, a Z-pack, or doxycycline, and methylprednisone, in addition to the zinc and the vitamins that I've spoken about. In India, they've eliminated the Wuhan virus. How? Because everybody has those kits. At the first sign, boom, you take the ivermectin, the azithromycin, and the methylprednisone, and it whacks it. But no, we're way behind here. Because follow the money. Follow the money. The medical industrial complex, Pfizer, Moderna, they're all ringing in the cash. I mean, they are just ringing that cash register like And what do we just hear from Moderna and Pfizer? Oh, we, we, we may have another, I call it, they said we may have another variant. It's going to be called the midterm variant. In fall or winter, we could have another. How do they know this? They don't. They come up with this bullshit. They pull it out of their ass. But they need, you know, remember the old, uh, the movie, A Few Good Men? You need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. Well, when it comes to big evil pharma, Pfizer and Moderna, you need more variants. You need more outbreaks. You want more variants. You want more outbreaks. Cha-ching, cha-ching, so they can keep pushing their, uh, their, their vaccines that are dangerous and don't work. The data now that is being released at the behest, the order of a federal judge every month, the FDA now must release the data they used from Pfizer and Moderna to, that they used to, to uh, for the emergency use authorization approval. It's all coming out. And now we're seeing some of the supposed people in the studies were fictitious. Why is it that Pfizer didn't want to release the information initially for 50 years, then they revised it and said, we don't want it to come out for 75 years? Why? Because they lied their ass off. Because they know that there was all sorts of side effects and dangers that they knew about, but they didn't want anybody to know about it. Pfizer racked up, what, $35 billion, $40 billion in vaccine sales in 2021? Of course they want more variants. And now they're saying, oh, we're going, to have a, we're going to have a vaccine available for the Omicron variant in September. Great, that'll be obsolete already. And isn't it amazing all these people that end up contracting the Wuhan virus? They always put out a tweet saying, I've just tested positive, I have mild symptoms, but thankfully I'm double vaxxed and double boosted. Yeah, that did you great, that did wonders for you. I took two vaxxes, I wouldn't go near those clot shots ever again. Wouldn't go near a booster. It doesn't work. It's ineffective. It works on the Delta variant, but it loses its effectiveness after 60 days. But there's Fauci still pushing the vaccines. Take three, take four. How about Bill Gates? Bill Gates, I'm double vaxxed and I'm double boosted. Oh, and I'm creating a germ team to go around the world so that when there is an outbreak or a pandemic, my germ team will be able to whack this. 
Well, his germ team couldn't prevent Bill Gates from contracting the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. He's COVID positive, Wuhan positive earlier this week. We're seeing another wave going around. In the Northeast, we're seeing it. But remember, in the Northeast, in the Democrat blue states, doctors can't prescribe ivermectin. Cuomo saw it in New York State and the health commissioner, nope, can't do it. So what happens? Those people in New York State, more of them are going to end up in the hospital, needlessly ending up in the hospital. So all these big pharma, oh, more vaccines, we're going to have more variants, the, mid, the midterm variant, it's coming, believe me. But as I contracted this thing, I said, you know, I'm pissed. I would not have contracted it nor would any other American or anybody in the world, if the Chinese, number one, if there was no gain-of-function research, so Fauci is just as culpable and negligent. He's the one promoting this. This isn't a natural virus. It didn't go from a bat to a human naturally. They took the SARS-CoV-1 virus and they manipulated it. Everyone knows it. The intelligence agencies know it. Biden knows it, but he's too afraid to... To, uh, to speak up to the Chinese communists. And now he's even talking about rescinding some of the, the uh, tariffs that Trump put in. Great, why don't we just give China whatever they want? So I'm ticked. Gain-of-function research, Fauci was involved. All I can say is, phony Fauci, you better lawyer up, because when the Republicans take over January 1, 2023, you're getting called in front of the committee. You're going to jail, Fauci. The truth will come out. Lawyer up, pal. It's all going to come out. You can resign effective December 31, which is what he will do. Doesn't matter. You're coming in front of those committees. You should be prosecuted, criminally prosecuted. And then the virus, absolutely a biohazard, a bioweapon. People say, well, we're not sure whether it was released intentionally or accidentally. I don't care. It should never have been tested in the lab. It was a man-made artificial virus. And am I thrilled that COVID is running through, rampant through China? You're damn right. I hope every goddamn Chinese Communist Party member drops dead tomorrow, starting with Xi Jinping. For what they have done, not only to the United States, to Americans, the million Americans that have, that have died because of it, but the millions around the world that have contracted it and have died. I have no sympathy for the Chinese Communist Party, for Xi Jinping. And frankly, I'm losing my patience with the Chinese people. You got a billion four, rise up, grow a set, grow a set and overthrow your damn government, your communist government. It's happened around the world, wake up, get a little tough. But unfortunately, the Chinese, they just, you, you herd them up like cattle and they'll just go wherever you want. That's just the reality. You don't really see too many of them protesting. There's been some, but in general, they do what they're told because they're not alphas. They're weak. They are weak. So, after contracting it, am I pissed at the Chinese Communist Party? You better believe it. Am I pissed at the Chinese people for not overthrowing their government? Yep. Am I pissed at Fauci and the NIH and every single bureaucrat that was involved in gain-of-function research? You're damn right.
Think of the billions, billions and billions, as Bernard Sanders would say, the billions of man-hours. Oh, I'm sorry, as, as, as Justine Trudeau would say, we'll call them people-hours. We don't call them man, mankind. It's people-hours. Screw that. Man-hours. Lost to the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Billions. They destroyed our economy. They essentially gave the impetus to rig an election. We're still recovering from it. I mean, look at the United States now. Under Biden, everything he has touched turns to shit. Everything. Inflation through the roof. The border, absolutely ridiculous what's going on. Crime through the roof. Ukraine would have never happened under Trump. And when we come back, we'll tell you about how Biden and the D.C. swamp rats have no problem sending $40 billion of money we don't have that we have to print and go into debt for to the Ukrainians. Once again, Europe, which thumbs their nose at the United States, that talks down to us, that's derogatory towards us, that believes they're superior. When the shit hits the fan in their own backyard, who do they call like little bitch babies? The United States of America. And who rolls over like dumbass schmucks? Biden, the Democrats, and the D.C. swamp rats. I'll tell you about that around the corner. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Normally in this segment, we would conduct the International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. No litation, obviously, until I am fully clear of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. And no libation. I've got my hot coffee in front of me, my freshly brewed coffee. Staying away from anything alcohol, especially when I'm taking a various medication. Don't want to screw around with anything. And here's the thing about being a cigar connoisseur. For one, not once did I go into convulsions, did I shake, did I say, oh my God, I've got to have a cigar. I didn't even want to have a cigar. When you're sick, you don't want to. Now, people that are sick, that, that have the flu or a cold or a respiratory infection that are cigarette smokers, oh, they'll smoke right through it. The thought of smoke around me right now have zero interest. Staying away from some of my favorite spots, including the Davidoff Store and Lounge here in the Cigar City of Tampa, don't want to be around the smoke right now. Certainly not going to light a cigar. Same thing with libations. So we're just going to take a hiatus, maybe another week, maybe two weeks. But when we're ready, you can be sure I will certainly enjoy the litation and libation ceremony. So let's talk about Ukraine. Let's talk about the fact that once again, when the shit hits the fan in Europe, do the Europeans rise up to the occasion? Do they act like 
alphas, ultra alphas, mega alphas, and say, we're going to take Putin on. We're going to go to the front lines. We're going to help Ukraine. Not a peep. Not a lick. Now, I will acknowledge Poland. They have taken in millions of refugees. It's costing their government billions of dollars. They've, they've done their fair share. But the rest of Europe, Germany, France, the UK, they're all, just like President Trump said, they're all deadbeats that don't pay their fair share. They love to disparage the United States. They love to thumb their nose. Oh, we're Europe. We're, we're, we're so much more culture than America. We're so much, so superior than you Americans, you lowly Americans. Yet, whenever they're threatened, whether it was World War I, World War II, who do, they come, who do they come running to, begging like little babies, like little bitches? The United States of America. Case in point, Putin attacked Ukraine. Now, Trump was right. Trump told Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, back in 2019, I think September 2019, you and Russia have problems, you and Putin, you need to sit down and work them out. And he was right. Now, I'm not saying that Putin is a saint. He's not. He's a bastard that should be executed. Assassinate him. No problem. I mean, I give you the bucket of assassinations. Xi Jinping of China, Vladimir Putin of Russia, Nicolas Maduro of, uh, of Venezuela, and whoever's leading Cuba. I mean, the Raul Castro, I'd whack him, and whoever the current uh, dictator is in, in Cuba. Whack them, too. Get rid of them. Oh, and let's not forget uh, Rocket Man. Kim Jong-un. Get rid of him, too. Let's just get rid of those five bastards. The world would be a far better place. But Zelensky, when Trump said, work it out with Russia, he rolled his eyes, slumped in his chair. And isn't it amazing? Now we're finding out why it is Biden, the Democrats, why they are so committed to Ukraine. Because we all know the corruption in Ukraine, even with the oligarchs in Ukraine, we're all hearing about the oligarchs in Russia, all the seizures. Uh, look at Ukraine, just as bad. But yet, we're not hearing a word about the oligarchs. Who do you think all the, where do you think this money is going to go? You think this money is going to flow legally, legitimately to the right spots? I don't think so. So we're broke. We're trillions of dollars in debt. We've been printing money like it is water out of a tap the last 15 years. Now we're seeing massive inflation. By the way, how's your 401k? Told you. Told you we're going to get into stagflation. Told you be, be very careful. By the way, all those people with crypto, I got umpteen friends. Oh, crypto. Oh, no, it's a safe hedge. It's a safe hedge against the economy because there's only a limited number of May. I said, it ain't gold. Trust me on this. I think uh, Bitcoin's what, 28, 29,000 from a high of 70? All these coin, Bitcoin exchanges, these crypto exchanges could go under. All sorts of issues going on. Not good. Everywhere you look around, the economy's bad. We're going to get into stagflation. Interest rates have to rise. We've had a housing bubble that's going to come bursting down. Everything under Biden has turned to shit. But 
He has no problem requesting $33 billion from Congress. And when Congress gets the request, what did they do? Let's just add another seven bill and we'll round it up to $40 billion. You add that to the approximately $16 billion, 12 to $16 billion that we've already shelled out, you're looking at 52 to $56 billion in money we don't have, money that Americans could use, money that could be used to, oh, I don't know, let's say secure the border from illegals, It is outrageous to me that we are that the that two thirds of the Republicans in the House voted for this appropriation. How much has Europe spent on defending Ukraine, propping up Ukraine? A whopping six billion dollars. Germany, France, the UK, the Netherlands, all these other countries. They've got alligator arms. When the check comes, up, oh, yep, nope. Those small little alligator arms, I can't reach for the check. But yet, they're the first to thumb their noses at the Americans. Trump was right. The Europeans are deadbeats. The Brits, the Germans, the French, they're all deadbeats. And as I've told people, Putin's not coming across the pond to attack us. If there's a nuke, he's not coming after us. I don't give a shit. If he's going to nuke Europe, hey, that's your problem, not mine. Not ours. You guys buck up. You guys spend money to help defend Ukraine. Not us. But yet, here we are once again like dumb fools, just handing over billions. $56 billion and counting. Thankfully, Senator Rand Paul is saying, not so fast. I'm going to filibuster, filibuster this. It may get approved, but it's going to take longer than a week. Good. It's about time that we stand up and say enough's enough. Putin's a prick, there's no doubt about it. Zelensky's no prize. Let's make that very clear. Ukraine is rife with corruption. And if you wanna go back to why Trump was framed with the Ukraine call, which was a perfectly good call, remember this, going back to the Obama administration, people forget about this. The president that was duly elected, legally elected, can't remember if it was Poroshenko or what his name was, but he tended to be more pro-Russia. Well, that wasn't good for Obama-Biden. They didn't like that. So what did they, in conjunction with the American embassy, do? They found a way to get him overthrown. They launched essentially a, a, a clandestine coup, even though it's illegal for the United States to uh, launch coups against other nations. They found a way, and they installed uh, another president who was not friendly with Russia, but who started to investigate some of the corruption that took place. And what happens? Magically, Biden says, hey, you know that billion dollars that you were promised? You're not getting that unless you stop the investigation, and you stop the investigation into my son and into Burisma, all just loaded with grift, loaded with corruption. And remember, Biden came out and said, well, what do you know, son of a bitch? Magically, they dropped everything. I mean, he, he admitted as such. Comes out and admits there was a quid pro quo. Trump, perfect call. Oh, no, we're going to impeach him for that. But isn't it amazing? The former Ukraine ambassador, 
the all the people that were tied to Biden and Obama that were involved in that overthrow of the duly elected government, isn't it amazing how they magically got involved at the right time? Because Trump was right. Rudy Giuliani was right. There was loads of corruption, and they were exposing it. And the Dems didn't like that. And so now, what do they have to do? They have to cover their tracks. Let's just send more money over to Ukraine. Look, I'm all for Ukraine defending itself. The Russian people don't want to live under Putin. He should be overthrown, assassinated. Let's get him whacked. But it's not the Americans' responsibility to shuttle over $56 billion in aid to Ukraine. That's Europe's problem. Europe's the back door. Putin's not going to attack us. He's going to go after France. He'll go at, and now you say, well, we're NATO countries. We have to rise up. Okay, sure, great, fine. But we're not under threat. Germany, and Trump was right, Trump told Angela Merkel, that Nazi bastard, as far as I'm concerned, every German is a Nazi bastard. Every German government official is a Nazi bastard. They've been Nazi bastards for 70 years. They still are. That's why I'll never buy a German car. They're all Nazi bastards in my mind. But Angela Merkel, Trump said right out, here, I'm going to give you a white surrender flag because if you do this Nord Stream 2 pipeline, you are going to pay the price. You are going to be indebted. You are going to be a serf to the Russian oil, to the natural gas. We'll sell you all the natural gas you want. Build a port, we'll sell it to you. But Angela Merkel couldn't come up with the money, saying, well, we've got budget constraints, and even though Germany, as a member of NATO, contractually has to come up with 2% of their gross domestic product spend on defense. They didn't. She said, well, we'll get it by 2035, and he said, no, not good enough. you got to do it now. And what did they say? Oh, Trump is being so mean to our allies. I'm sorry, if you're an ally... You say, we're going to honor the agreement we signed. I use the analogy, and I say this all the time. Imagine if you were to go out with three friends once a week for lunch or dinner. And the first week rolls around, check comes to you, you take it. The next week, the second person takes it, they pay it. Goes to the third person, they pass it along to the fourth, who passes it along back to you. And this goes on and on. Sooner or later, you say, wait a minute. We're supposed to be friends, and every week we go out to lunch, and we're supposed to rotate who pays. Yet my buddy and I are paying, but our other two friends, they're not paying. They keep passing the buck, passing the check. It's the same exact thing. That's what Germany's doing. That's what France, that's what many of the member NATO states are doing. They're passing the check around to those that keep paying. And like idiots, the United States kept paying, and finally President Trump said, not so fast. We're going to put a stop to that. Simple. You don't pay, we don't pay. And he got them to wake up and start increasing their commitments. But what, was, what, what did the Democrats say? Oh, he's being terrible. He's being so mean to our allies. These are important alliances. No, these are allies that take advantage of us. And we're the suckers. If President Trump were in office, you can be sure, number one, Putin wouldn't go anywhere near Ukraine. And number two, if he did, you can be sure 
that we wouldn't be spending $52 billion, handing over $52 billion. Trump would say to the EU, Ukraine's in your backyard, you pick up the tab. We're not sending over 52 to $56 billion. But like dumb suckers, the Democrats and Biden and three-quarters of the Republicans in the House just roll over, sending them a $40 billion appropriation. It's amazing. We don't have money for infrastructure. We don't have money for this. We don't have money to build a wall. We don't have money for that. Every We have no money, but yet they find money to just piss away that has to be printed. We have to go in debt. So even though that's our $40 billion, we have to go in debt with other countries and people around the world who buy our bonds and our treasury notes. It is pathetic. Washington is one giant swamp. And until we eliminate the rhinos, the Mitch McConnells, the Kevin McCarthys, the Mitt Romneys, the Liz Cheneys, we need Trump ultra super mega magas in office. And come November, there is going to be a changing of the guard. There is going to be a rude awakening because the rhinos are going to be toast. Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, their days are numbered. They're going to be extinct rhinos. And ultra-mega-magas will be elected. The Democrats will be out of power. Mark my words, I am predicting 75 to 85 Republican flips come November. People are like, that's crazy, maybe 30. No, 75, they don't. The problem is most people in Washington can't gauge the true anger, even amongst Democrats. Amongst Republicans and independents, it's off the charts. America is angry. The Dems will do everything they can to try to manipulate the election. It will not work. Senate, we're going to pick up five, six seats. We will control the Senate. We'll control the House. Hopefully, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy will not be the majority leader and Speaker of the House, respectively. Love to see Jim Jordan as the Speaker of the House. And I would love to see anybody but Mitch McConnell or any of the other rhinos. It's about time we have a change of the guard. America is pissed. Spending $40 billion of dollars we don't have so that Ukraine can keep fighting when Europe doesn't spend jack squat. It is outrageous. The D.C. swamp is about to see and anger from the American people they have not seen in the last 40, 50 years. Maybe ever. Mark my words, there will be a major change of the guard come Election Day and come swearing in day January 1, 2023. All right, when we come back, two cigar-related stories, one about Cuban cigars, the other a very um, lugubrious situation at the Fuente Fuente uh, Opus X Farm, Chateau de la Fuente, down in the Dominican Republic, as major weather wreaks havoc. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant. It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder 
and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balanced smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. All right, before we get to our final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show, let me just uh, give you an update on the Officers Club. We sent out an email to all of our Officers Club members last week regarding the April shipment. Initially, we had three new brands coming from uh, the Casa Torrent farm and factory down in Mexico. Well, the cigars were released, but the cigars were not totally ready even though they came out of the aging rooms when Alejandro Torrent smoked them he said not ready they need more time so what we're going to do is something special last August we featured the Casa Torrent 1880 selection you got the Colorado the Claro the Oscuro and the Maduro well we're taking three of those cigars we're going to give you the I think the Colorado the Claro and the Maduro each of those cigars, I think, is like 20 bucks. We're going to send you those again. We got the emails and the response we got, people saying these are phenomenal. My God, for $22.95, I can't believe these cigars are worth 80 bucks. We're going to ship those out again. We have never repeated a selection in the same year. However, because of the fact that these cigars are not ready, because of the fact that we were already delayed, we... Uh, sent out an email to a small group of Officers Club members and said, all right, you're members. What would you like? And they said, General, send us those Casa Torren 1880s. So that's what we're going to do. So they're going out Monday and Tuesday. You'll have those. That's the April selection. So we're a little bit late. The May selection featuring Alec Bradley cigars, that will go out before the end of the month. I'll tell you more about those cigars next week. But for those of you that are members of the Officers Club, Fear not, your April selection going out early next week, and we will send an email when they have all shipped so you can be on the lookout. And by the way, membership is $22.95. It has been for like the last 10, 11 years. Starting June 1, it goes up to $25.95 per month. Thanks, Joe Biden. We, despite inflation over the last 10, 11 years, we have not increased our price. I mean, the last increase I want to say was, I, I believe it was around 2000. 11, 10 or 11, if I'm not mistaken, where we went from 1995 to 2295. Well, now we got to go to 2595. Postage has gone up a second time. Cost of cigars, everything's gone up. We're not telling you something you already don't know. We hate to do it, but you're still getting a tremendous deal at 2595 per month. So every member that will start on June 1st, and we will send out in the selections, we will send out a note so that you are not surprised you will know that the price increase is coming. Sergeant Steve, that reminds me on the website. Let's make sure we go ahead and change that, saying that as of June 1, the price goes to $25.95 for all members. So we will get everything changed so there are no surprises. And we've been telling you about this for a while. We were initially going to do it May 1st, but now we've changed it so it's June 1st. But for those of you that are Officers Club members, your April selection going out next week, the Casa Torrent 1880, Claro, Colorado, and Maduro, you will love them. You're getting $60 worth of cigars for $22.95, so you're getting a great deal. All right, finally, 
Cuban cigar prices going up, up, and away. Cuba, they announced that they had a record year of revenue, $568 million for the 2021 year, a 15% increase over 2020. So business is good. They're top five markets by volume for Cuban cigars, Spain, China, Germany, France, and Switzerland. They also announced that because of the tremendous demand and limited supply, that they are going to raise prices around the world. Now, there are suggested retail. There's, there's not really one suggested retail price. So cigars, for example, in Switzerland and in Spain are far cheaper than they are in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is the most expensive market for Cuban cigars between taxes and other fees. For example, a Cohiba Siglo 6, one of my favorite Cubans when I do smoke a Cuban, it's a Toro, 6x52. It averages in Spain, Switzerland, about $38 to $40. Right now, in Hong Kong, you're looking at about 90 to 100 bucks. That's for one cigar. That's not for a three-pack. That's not for a box five, box two. One cigar. This, here's another perfect example. The Siglo 5, which is a Lonsdale, six and a half by 43. Right now, a box of 25 Siglo 5s is 12,000 Hong Kong dollars, which converts to 1,529 U.S. dollars. That's $61.16 a stick. Call it 61 bucks. In Switzerland, you can get that same cigar for 35 bucks. What Habanos has announced is that they are going to peg their manufacturer's suggested retail price to the price of their Cuban cigars in Hong Kong. Now, the two brands that they're really designating as their super premium that's going to be pegged to that Hong Kong price is Cohiba and Trinidad. So Cohiba, everybody knows Cohiba. That's their pretty much their flagship brand. And Trinidad has really become a very big brand for them, a super premium brand as well. So, for example, for those of you that, let's say you're going to go to Switzerland or Spain, and you would buy that Siglo 5 for 35 bucks. The price in Cuba, in, in Spain and Switzerland is going to go up to 61, 70 bucks, 61, 65. They're raising the prices across the board, and it's going to be pegged to Hong Kong. Now, this is going to have a dramatic effect on retailers around the world. A number of retailers have said that they see two things happening. Number one, there will be some people that will that are used to paying, let's say, for a Siglo 6, let's say now they pay 40 bucks. Yeah, they'll, some will pay maybe 100 bucks, but most will say, I'm not going to pay triple the amount for a cigar or two and a half times for what I normally smoked. Let me go to a non-Cuban brand. Let me start looking at cigars from the Dominican, from Nicaragua, from Honduras. And once they start sampling those cigars the Gurkhas and the Davidoffs and the Fuentes and the, the, the uh, uh, Macanudos and the Partagas cigars and the Rocky Patels, the A.J. Fernandez, once they start sampling those at much better prices, better quality, they ain't going back to Cuban cigars. If Habanos thinks 
that the entire world will just fork over double, triple the amount for what they're, they've been paying, they got another thing coming. There's going to be a big backlash. Consumers, you don't just say, hey, we're going to up the price. For, let me give you a perfect example. Okay? The Cohiba Behike 56. It uses, their claim to fame, it uses a Medio Tiempo leaf. It's a six and a half by 56 Toro. Toro Grande, if you will. That cigar is 91 bucks in Spain, Switzerland. Right now, in Hong Kong, it's 175 US dollars. I'm sorry. I don't give a damn how good that cigar is. I'm not spending $175 on a cigar. Now, there may be some people that say, oh, hey, money's no object. I want the, the best. I will put that Bahike 56 against any, any cigar manufactured in Honduras, Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic, or the United States. I'll take any Tampa-made or Miami-made cigar and put it up against the Cohiba Bahike 56. 175 bucks. So they're going to raise the price number one on top of that, and then the entire world will have to follow suit. So if you go into a tobacco shop, a cigar shop in London or in Switzerland or in Spain or in uh, Abu Dhabi, you're going to pay whatever it is. Let's say it's 185 bucks or $190 for that cigar in Hong Kong. That's what the retailer will have to charge. The Cubans are kidding themselves if they think that because their demand is so strong that they can raise prices and it will have no effect. Of course it's going to have an effect. They're kidding themselves. I would never, I don't care how long a cigar is aged, I would not pay $100 for a cigar, $90, $175. It's absurd. So now what they call the non-Cuban manufacturers, the New World cigars, they are going to become even more popular. So you will see the Perdomos and the Rocky Patels and, and the Gurkhas and the Camachos. They'll start selling like crazy overseas. Because even with the taxes, they'll still be a much better deal, and they're better cigars. I would never... Pay, look, the most expensive Fuente Fuente Opus X, maybe 50 bucks, depending on what it is. But I think most Fuente Opus Xs, you're looking in the $20, $25, maybe $30 category. I don't care how much somebody makes. I don't care how many billions they have. Nobody just wants to throw away money saying, okay, wait a minute, that cigar that I used to pay 35 bucks for is now 110? Yeah, I don't think so. Ain't that good. So we will watch as the Cuban cigar market implodes. They may have had a big year last year. I don't see it continuing. It shows you the arrogance. And by the way, Cuba makes a big deal. These, these special editions, these limited uh, uh, edition limitadas, they age for two years. Most Dominican, Honduran, Nicaraguan, their tobacco is aged two, three, four years before they even roll it. Compare a Cuban next to any Dominican, Honduran, Nicaraguan side by side. I will take a Padron any day of the week. And I'm talking about the regular Padron series is better than any Cuban I've ever had. That is fact. So good luck, Habanos. You are going to outprice yourself from the marketplace. And that's great for all the other American-based manufacturers. Now, we always say that when it comes to cigars, 
that there are so many elements involved. You've got Mother Nature. You've got economic forces. You've got government situations. There's so many different forces that impact a, a cigar from the time that a seedling, a tobacco seedling is planted to the time that you smoke that cigar. I mean, years pass, multiple hands touch that, those, to, that tobacco, that cigar, and there's just so many factors. And you cannot rush the hands of time, as Carlito Fuente says. You cannot in any way, shape, or form, you, you cannot control Mother Nature. And here's a perfect example. The crop in the Dominican Republic, until May 6th, the weather had been phenomenal. Great growing season, the weather was perfect. All the manufacturers reported phenomenal crops being harvested. But on May 6th, in El Caribe, Dominican Republic, a giant hailstorm that the island had really never seen before showered down upon Chateau de la Fuente. The storm with loads of hail destroyed much of the 45-acre tobacco crop that was ready for harvest. The good news is that 120 acres worth of tobacco grown earlier in the season had already been picked. It was not damaged by the storm. So there will be great tobacco coming from the 2022 crop. But the storm, which only lasted for just about an hour, the amount of ice and hail on the, on the, on the tarpaulin cloths, the shade-grown cloths over the, the tobacco that Carlito grows on Chateau de la Fuente, just everything was damaged. You name it. The poles, the, the, the cheesecloth that, that, that shades, that provides shade for the tobacco. The tobacco had holes in it, just 45 acres gone. It will not affect this year's shipments of Fuente, Fuente Opus X's. But what Carlito has said is that he now has to space out over the next number of years the amount of tobacco that he will use, so he will not make the normal number of Fuente Fuente Opus X's next year, the year after, because again, he's working out multiple years in advance. So the tobacco harvested this year won't be used for maybe three years, four years. So in order to alleviate any potential backlogs, he will start rationing allocation, rationing the production. So instead of being at 100% production, maybe next year and the year after, maybe he's at 80%, 75%. So the Fuente Fuente Opus X's will still be available, but not in the quantities as this year and in previous year. And again, prior to the hailstorm, all the manufacturers stated that the crop was phenomenal this year, just absolutely outstanding. And again, you can't control Mother Nature. There's always some element in the world of cigars, whether it's the FUDA, the government, uh, government situations in Nicaragua or Honduras, Mother Nature. There's so many variables that affect, ultimately, the creation, the growing, and the, the rolling of a cigar that there's just never one thing. There's always something that can affect it. And here we've got weather. Luckily, it was towards the end of the season, so the overwhelming majority of the harvest was complete, but it is still going to hurt. Ironically, this is what's really strange. 
the date that the storm took place was May 6th. That is the birth date of the late Carlos Fuente Sr., the patriarch of Fuente Cigars. And Carlito said it was just, you know, there's just things you can't explain. And uh, Carlos Fuente Sr. passed away in 2000, I can't believe it's 2016. It's been uh, that long already, almost six years. But how ironic that on the day of Carlos Fuente Sr.'s birthday, a horrible storm comes down on Chateau de la Fuente and whacks 45 acres worth of uh, wrapper tobacco. Some things you just can't predict. So our thoughts with uh, Carlito and Cynthia Fuente, the whole Fuente family, they have, listen, they have persevered over many, many decades. Carlito, I remember when I visited him in the Dominican the first time, told me the stories about how weather hurt the family, fires, government in Nicaragua, they had to bail because of the government, the Sandinistas. There's always something, yet they always prevail. I always like the saying, tough times don't last, tough people do, and the Fuentes certainly have withstood the test of time. All right, that is all for this edition of the Cigar Dave Show. We will do a, a bold alpha next week now that I'm back in the swing of things. I got some other things that I want to talk about next week that we will get to. So as always, make sure you subscribe to the Cigar Dave Show podcast, our brother Bold Alpha podcast. So this way, whenever we drop a show, you will automatically be alerted. For those of you that are members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, your April selection is going out next week. Yes, it's going out in May, but it is going out. The Casa Turin 1880 Claro, Colorado, Maduro going out next week. And we will send an email to all of you. And don't forget, the price does go up $25.95 per month. Thanks, Joe Biden, for uh, screwing our members as well, and every American, because we're all paying more for gas, for postage, for food, everything. You name it, it's all because of Joe Biden. So make sure you subscribe to the Cigar Dave Show and Brother Bold Alpha Podcast. Glad that we are back. Glad that we are on the uh, road to recovery from the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. I wish nothing but the worst to Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin, two enemies of the world. They deserve every miserable happening in their lives. We can't stand them. If they were whacked tomorrow, trust me, I'd make an exception. Even though I've, I'm just getting over the Wuhan virus, I would light a celebratory cigar. For those two items, I would light a celebratory cigar. With that being said, Cigar Day of the General saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw Bidenflation. Screw brainless Biden. Once again, it is mega, ultra, alpha leader-in-chief. Front and center, happy to be an ultra MAGA and an ultra alpha. Live it up. <laughs>